Hello. Isms good, pal. Isms Hello, good, pal. bud. Hey, hey. Hey, man. How you feeling? Well, I am uh, the, the portrait of good health, clearly. You sound like you need about, uh, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 milliliters of Red Bull. <laughs> well. Injected directly into your Hold on a second. I'm on uh, number two. Get you a sip, bro. Take a sip. Dude, what were those energy drinks that we used to drink all the time when we were, mm. uh, like, right before rehearsal or whatever? Well, we did that because we won that competition and we were, like, sponsored by them. Oh, uh, yeah. Who was um, it? I keep wanting to say Bang, but I know I know that's wrong. No, that's new. Was, was it a Monster? Mm. No. Mm. No, I think it was something. I don't know, man, but, God, all of a sudden, like, all of our kidneys started Yeah, that was weird. And, like, Boo-Boo had that weird, like, facial twitch thing <laughs> i forgot about butthole mouth was that because of the uh those energy drinks yeah, the energy drinks oh, yeah weird yeah i do remember the kidney thing like if if you didn't drink like 10 gallons of water in a day and you drank this thing it, it just felt like somebody was just kidney punching kidney that. failure yeah we were having literal kidney failure <laughs> i'm glad we don't remember the names <laughs> you know the name of the company because we probably get sued or something but they were i mean we could feel our bodies yeah Shutting mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. but boy, that first like five to ten minutes, just boy, electricity we yeah. running through mm-hmm. our veins it was awesome. Anyways, too bad you don't have one of those. Well, right uh, oddly enough, I am on my second Red Bull of the day to because uh, I feel horrible right now. Look, I need you to get those wings. I, I got them, and I need you to start flapping them. I pal. think th- I think what we really need is our uh, technology to work properly today. Yeah, no kidding, it's been a nightmare. Well, let's try this. Let's try this round mm-hmm. two and cue the music. Hey, welcome back to your favorite podcast. That would be rad. A podcast that majors in eighties and nineties nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. Sounds like you got a little bit of that Red Bull wings on you. Well, I, I like to, uh, I think this is a good example or a good, um, uh, God go. bless America. It's a good, boy. If you're it's good. a good uh, sort of a real-time check-in on, uh, you know, the, the, the episode last week. Is me saying, yeah, I don't feel too great. And then this, you know, this week I feel like I'm on death's door. <laughs> you sound like you might be uh, one foot in the grave for I sure. I feel like it, um, yeah. We're going to cross our fingers and... Mm, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm, we're going to cross our fingers and uh, rub our rabbit's mm-hmm. feet and um, hope, that, uh, hope that you start feeling yeah. better. Now, when we started talking about this episode, we're like, man... We're already on episode 13. And then we started thinking about 13, right? So it's it's always kind of weird to me whenever I start thinking about things like, I know some people, their favorite number is actually 13. Yeah. That's their lucky number. Some people will literally avoid everything they can do to keep from even being associated with the number 13. Mm-hmm. And so when we started thinking about that, we thought, you know, let's kind of jot down a list of common superstitions and really kind of dive into their origins because when we started talking about it coming to find out i have or i had no idea where some of these came from or why we think of certain things as bad luck and good luck and and all that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting the um (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were still going there for a minute boy um man alive uh dude if you need to take a five second break no no no. go ahead and chug it get you another sip no i'm fine fine. dip that straw down deep in there and get it all in this second red bull is uh it's just now kicking in um no i i i totally agree with you the interesting thing that i that i kind of found was the connection you know from a superstition that i would remember as a kid and then once you go in and and look it up and and look into the sort of the history or or where it comes from and it's you know slightly different here and then it's like oh well there's also one over in japan that's similar and so i i found that really interesting i like the idea that it's it's almost kind of they kind of run parallel with with folk tales and um cautionary tales like 
oral traditions. Oral traditions, right. We had a real tough time Well, it's kind of cool. I mean, that's, yeah. (laughs) We kind of talked about this before where, you know, obviously I got my degree in biology, but man, the more I think about it and the more like things that I pick up and read, man, I really wish I would have gotten it in anthropology. Oh, yeah, study. I I loved part of the thing that I love the most about us kind of doing this and and doing our research and, you know, I can't wait to hear the half that you you found, Mm -hmm. you know, for you to hear my half. But the fact that, just like you were saying, in some ways we're all so connected from this like central history almost, Mm -hmm. like in in the folklore and as we get into it, paranormal sightings. I mean, all that stuff connects us. It's pretty pretty neat. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to uh, take another second. I think we should dive into this list. And uh, yeah, man, why don't you you kick us off? Well, I think it would only be apropos to bring up the first one, which is the concept of beginner's luck. Beginner's luck is typically the idea that, um, you know, new players to either a game or a sport or an activity, uh, the idea is that, you know, they're kind of just swinging in and they're just going to blow everybody away. From what I've read, that seems to be a pretty big, um, a big theme in like casinos and gambling and, you know, poker cards and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know about you, but I used to kind of blame some of my friends. Like if they, if I was having a real hard time with right. uh, a video game or something, well, even sometimes I do this with my wife, like I can admit it on here. <laughs> this is me admitting it. She is way better at video games, well, some video games than I am, for example. like I'm Mario still blown games. away by that. Did she beat Mario too? I mean, yes, it took her a while, but I don't know, man. She's just really good. And then and then Super Mario World, man, she's like a, she's a pro. But anyway, you I'm know. so envious. And so like your friend would come over, you're having a hard time. They would just sit down. They've never played it before. And then all of a sudden they're just destroying. And it's like, what is going on? I feel like that used to happen with me and like Mega Man. You know, oh my like gosh! It, it yeah. was just so hard, and then I would complain, and my buddy would be like, "Well, let me just give it a try," and then they would just be able to like just slay. And well, like, I, I I can specifically remember the water level on the first Mario, mm, oh just gosh. being a nightmare, and that would happen all the time. And it's I, I like that you brought that up because in researching this, you know, there's a I guess sort of a, a real world application. I don't want to say scientific, but you know. Uh, but there's there's a theory behind it is that somebody coming in for the first time playing something or, um, you know, sport, game, whatever, uh, you know, they're, they're not bringing in the baggage and the stress and the anxiety as someone who does this all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're kind of like a, a clean slate um, yeah, or right. a blank canvas, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not bringing in all their preconceived notions and stuff mm-hmm. and, and limiting beliefs really. Um, based on their experience and stuff, and it's okay, man. It can you be scientific, li- limiting, say, limiting beliefs. Libany. No, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is interesting. Mm-hmm. And now I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of this. I'm sure our audience has heard of this, but everyone has probably heard that if you find a penny on the ground, mm-hmm. it's good luck if you pick it up. Right? Yep. There's even like this rhyme that said that goes, "Find a penny, pick it up, and all day long you'll have good luck." And it actually has a pretty interesting origin. I mean, many ancient cultures believe that, you know, metals were precious gifts from gods and mm-hmm. they would bring you good luck if you found them. I mean, the Egyptians like buried their dead with, or the, you know, I guess their royalty with gold and stuff for them to take with them into the afterlife as, as gifts and, and that kind of thing. Pennies, I don't know that you would really consider them treasure, uh, but, you know, because they're not worth much, but picking them up was also considered good luck because... It increased your wealth, mm-hmm. even if just by that one penny. Uh, you know, what I didn't know about this was that there was something associated with the penny in terms of bad luck. So I didn't know that if you find a penny and it's heads up, then you mm-hmm. pick it up, you're fine. That's good luck. Boom. All right. You're one cent richer. Okay. If you find a penny and it's tails up, that's when it is bad luck, apparently. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And so essentially the bad luck penny comes from the understanding of the constant battle between good and evil, right? If one thing is good, then the other must be bad. And so if one side of a penny brings good luck, the other side must bring bring bad luck. And so that's kind of where that comes from. Apparently too, if you end up picking up a penny and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I picked it up and it's tails up, 
you can kind of cancel out the bad luck by putting it back down on the ground for the next person and leaving it heads up. So, I don't know. Pretty interesting interesting there. I noticed that too, that there's a lot of, there's almost like counteractive measures, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, A lot of these superstitions that are the bad, you know, bad luck or representative of bad omens or something like that you can kind of do certain things to kind of dispel that those bad omens or whatever so my next one is never walk under a ladder Hmm. and um this is one that we spoke about this a little earlier speaking of superstitions we have had oh my gosh man i didn't even think of that yeah i just thought of it too we've had terrible this is the second time that we're recording this but anyway yeah, I was told from a little kid on to never walk under a ladder. And apparently the origin of that is, and again, I don't know that I totally believe this, but it's from the like an early Christian belief that the ladder having three sort of points, you know, you have the top one, bottom two, spread out to two. So um, it represents the Holy Trinity, hmm. which I guess technically is a triketra. By walking under the ladder, you're breaking the Holy Trinity, and it's blasphemous. But honestly, this one just, that, yeah, it just feels a little bit of a reach. Another common theme that I think you'll, you guys will, will pick up throughout this is, I think a lot of these are more sort of cautionary tales. I mean, I can, I can put myself, you know, I have two little girl, girls, and, you know, Woody has two kids, and I can imagine myself, you know, a thousand years ago, telling my kid, oh, well, it's bad luck. Quit running around the house and quit running under those ladders. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because a kid runs, they trip, you know, knocks the carpenter off and you get a big mess. But to me, the whole origin of that one is a little... Yeah, a little shaky. I mean, for me, it's like, I don't want... I also don't want it to be some crummy ladder that just falls on my head somehow. Right. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone sort of, you know, leaned it up against a building or wall or house or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, poorly, then I just don't want that thing, you know, coming down on my head. Yeah. Um, Hey, hold hold on just a second. Let me shut my door. hmm. While we wait for Tyler to shut his door, I think now would be a good time for us to take a quick break. And when Tyler gets back from doing whatever it is he's doing, we'll jump right back into it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. All right. Let me ask you a quick question. If there's a ladder leaned up against something, are you walking under that pup? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, the answer is no, right? I mean, some of these (laughs) things, for me, it's like... um, And there's no rhyme or reason, but... No. I mean, I I think, you know, you you texted me this yesterday, and I immediately showed it to Anne. We both started laughing because we say this to people sometimes, and it's like... Mm. That there's that quote from The Office when Michael Scott says, I'm not superstitious, but I'm, I am a little stitious. Yeah. And really, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the best way to explain it. You know, I'm not superstitious. I'm just kind of just like a little bit like I'm not going to walk underneath the ladder just in case. Right. You know? Yeah, me neither. That kind of brings me to um, the next one, which is black cats crossing your path. Now, nice. what's funny about this one is, no joke, whenever I was a kid... And really up until, I don't know, man, early 20s, I remember there used to be a black cat that I'd see run across the road, kind of close to our practice space. And I would just mm-hmm. be like, oh, man. But then I kept on seeing that that hawk, so I thought that was good luck. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. But, I was thinking about that earlier, too. Yeah, man, I see, I see hawks, like, a lot. I don't know if I have some yep. sort of, like, 
Native American sort of spirit animal connection to them. But mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, so historically cats in general, but especially black cats, have played all sorts of mythological roles. In Egypt, for example, black cats were worshipped. Mm-hmm. The ancient Egyptian god of cats called Bastet was often portrayed as a woman with the head of a black cat. And, and was it were, were there other deities there were also cats. This was just specifically yeah, a black cat. Yeah, that one cat. was specifically a black cat. Oh, yeah. cool. And But, you know, in Celtic mythology, however, there's a legend that existed about a creature called the cat Sith. Hmm. And the cat Sith was said to resemble a large black cat with a white spot on its chest. And legend has it that it could steal a person's soul before the gods could claim it by passing over a corpse before the burial. So because hmm. of that, they would organize these like community watches to keep the mythical creature away from the corpses and and burial areas and stuff so they would like chase him off if they saw a black cat coming Mm -hmm. and then in the middle ages in europe black cats were you know often associated with witches and stuff and so this belief i think is what spread to the u.s when the first settlers uh came to the united states and was part of you know Sort of things the Protestant. That they, yeah, and, and things that they used in like the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of I thing. I think but so too. The good thing is there are still some places in the world that exist where a black cat is considered good luck. For example, in Scotland, a strange black cat arriving at your home is believed to bring prosperity. Mm. In the rest of Britain, a black cat crossing your path is also considered good luck. And uh, the same goes for Japan. So Wow. That's interesting, too, because in the realm of, uh, of cryptids, the, like, all in the UK, they, there's a lot of like, black panther sightings mm. over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, that's an interesting sort of um, aside to that one. And that actually ties into my next one. And I kind of went down a rabbit trail on this one. <laughs> well, I did not mean to do that, but the next one is a rabbit's foot. Um, so talismans and amulets have, have been ritual items used for, you know, years and years. And and they're always used to fend off evil. Even, you know, you think of vampires, crosses, garlic, but they believe that the, the idea of the rabbits, the lucky rabbit's foot harkens back to also Celtic tribes in Britain, uh, the Druids or the hoodoo traditions, which is like the early African American Southern folk magic. Also Europe, China, North and South America. And some people also think that it could tie into a European good luck charm called the hand of glory, which I'd never heard of this, but this is Hmm. pretty fascinating. Do you know what that is? Have you ever heard of that? No, I've never heard of that. It is once a man has been hung, they basically cut off his hand and you pickle it and you keep it in a jar, and that's supposed to give you good luck. What? Yeah, it's weird. It's So in, in the hoodoo culture, you know, the lucky rabbit's foot, it has to be the left hind foot, and it has to either be caught or shot in a cemetery. You know, some even say that it must be taken on the full or the new moon or Friday the 13th, actually, hmm. oddly enough. Some say that it has to be shot by a silver bullet or that it has to be cut off while the rabbit is still alive. So... It's interesting because, you know, we think of, oh, it's just like a lucky rabbit's foot. And, mm-hmm. You know, you see them. Do you remember like the ones that you'd get when you were a kid that are like neon oh, yeah. purple? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and there's a lot of like fake ones now. But, I mean, I remember even when we were on the road and we would tour a lot, you know, down south we would come across those like old truck stops and mm-hmm. you would still find them. But th- this is the interesting thing that I found in this. Uh, so a rabbit is kind of known by witches to be an animal that they can shapeshift into. And again, it's on full and new moons. The luck or good omens are basically coming from a witch when you're cutting the foot off. So, and I'd never thought about this, but basically (laughs) the idea of a lucky rabbit's foot is a witch, did a witch turn into this rabbit? And then that's how you take the rabbit and you're actually... You know, gaining capturing the, the magic or whatever. The magic, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, which is really interesting. I've never thought about that. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, there's several of those kind of things, especially in, again, in the, like the hoodoo tr- tradition. According to the 20th century uh, folklorist Newbell Niles Huckett, the more th- the grave of the more like the how do I say this the the more wicked the person is, mm-hmm. the more effective the charm. So uh, Puckett observed that during the 1884 election campaign of Grover Cleveland, he was said to have been given a rabbit's foot that had been killed on the grave of American outlaw Jesse James, and therefore he won the election. So 
I thought that was really, wow. really interesting. Yeah. It is crazy, man. But again, it's interesting because there's all different kind of countries have different sort of variations on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we would really be able to track down the first the, origin. Yeah, the real yeah. origins of any of these things mm-hmm. just because they're lost to history, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. All right. So the next one, bad luck comes in threes. Mm. The way I hear that most often is kind of like, you know, when when uh, we hear like deaths come in threes, yep, right? When it, like a celebrity passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at this and I'm like, wait a second, what about uh, third time's a charm? Oh, yeah. You know? So it's like surrounding this number, like earlier you mentioned, you know, the ladder and it propped up against a building and it forms mm-hmm. the, the triangle shape. And even in researching this part of the kind of origin too, it talks a little bit about the mathematical significance of three and how, you know, if you really think about it, a triangle is a pretty dang sturdy shape yeah, too. I mean, it's right. very sturdy. It's got a very strong base and everything. Strong base. A strong, large family breed. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh man, totally, totally derailed me. Sorry, sorry, No, sorry. it's all good. Strong um, base. Oh, so triangle. anyways, the... The triangle's got a strong base. I mean, that's why, like, you think about things like a tripod or mm-hmm. a, a TP. These kind of things a are a ladder, a ladder leaning <laughs> against a building with a mm-hmm. lucky with a rabbit's foot hanging on it. Why? Yeah. How did it become bad luck? Well, one of the kind of things that I found was an expression that I hadn't heard, but I asked my parents, and they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 I heard of that." So it may be like one of those things that's slightly past our generation, but you may have heard this before, but have you ever heard of three on a match? Um, I don't think so. Okay. What is I'd, that? I had never heard of it either. Here's where it comes from. The superstition goes that if three soldiers lit their cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, three, if three soldiers lit their cigarettes from the same match, then one of the three would be killed or the man Ooh. who's the third on the match would be shot. So wow. since then, it's been considered bad luck. Now that superstition has origins back into like around World War One, you know, trench warfare, and so sort of the, some of the things that I read to you know not discount it, but to kind of give it a little bit more context was that you know, look, I mean, if it took you three times to uh, you know either strike a match or you know have a have a match lit that long. You deserve to, to die. Well, no, when you're trying to hide <laughs> in this trench from, from the enemy, you know, hey, oh, there's a higher yeah. probability that you are going to be the one that gets shot, right? Because they true, have a lo- yeah. the sniper would have a longer time to, to kind of observe that. So that's kind of what I found on, on like where the bad luck in threes. And then, you know, there was, there was a longer article about how, you know, there are a lot of things in nature in terms of patterns that we can kind of observe and even mm-hmm. psychologically how we as humans, the way our brains work, a lot of times kind of turn things into uh, a pattern of threes. And in fact, like in marketing, in um, like even sayings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. a lot of times, or slogans, a lot of times they'll they'll be presented to us like a consumer or like a general public right. if it's being presented by like a, a president or something they'll mm-hmm. do it in a, in like a in a in the in like threes you know same things with like story structure and mm-hmm. movie structure and all this kind of stuff all kind of revolves around that pattern so yeah yeah and that that's a good point too really looking at these things just the the concept of a superstition i mean it's kind of a ritual within its Mm -hmm. own right, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially if you're doing sort of the counteracting thing, like I forgot to mention, but earlier, you know, whenever you're driving and you see a black cat, like if Mm -hmm. it crosses, you know, I, I was always taught you're supposed to do like an X on your windshield. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so it really does kind of play into the whole idea that you're, you know, whether you're or not, yeah, yeah, you're doing some sort of like some form of like a ritual, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Speaking of rituals, uh, my next one is don't break the mirror. And I was, this is one that I've known since a kid. You know, you break a mirror, seven years bad luck. Right. I guess that I'd always thought that it was, you know, again, sort of a cautionary tale type thing where, you know, you shouldn't be messing around and, you know, breaking stuff. But apparently it comes from the belief that mirrors actually not only do they reflect your appearance but they hold bits of your soul yikes which is bizarre yeah. yeah so if you're looking in a mirror 
every morning, little bits of your soul is still being kept in that mirror even after you leave. This belief led to people of the Old South, not South America, but the American South, they would actually cover their mirrors in a house when someone had died because they were afraid that the, you know, back then they they wouldn't go to like the funeral home or the, um, you know, a place that kept the body. They would mm-hmm. keep the body in the house. Sanitary. They would have, yeah, it's pretty pretty terrifying. But they would have, you know, a wake or like a mm-hmm. celebration or something like that. So, um but they would, yeah, they would cover these mirrors so that um, that spirit, if it was lingering around the house still, uh, you know, wouldn't be caught in the uh, in the mirror, which is pretty weird. Mm. With this one, again, there's another sort of countermeasure that you can do. It says that you can touch, you basically could take a, um, a piece of the broken mirror and you touch it to a tombstone or you could take all of the, the shattered pieces of glass and grind it into a dust or powder, hmm. which wow. s- seems like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot of work, but you know, even still, I haven't broken a mirror. <laughs> yeah, same here. Wow. Now here's one too that um, you know this is this is the uh, this is the trust tree, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. the circle of protect. What do we call it? I mean, we could do D and D circle of protection. Okay, cool. Let's have a circle of protection here. Like, mm-hmm. I'll admit, I still kind of do this one or like the anti-hex or whatever you want to call it but anyway spilling the salt mm, everyone yep. hopefully has heard of that being you know bad luck you knock the salt over and what are you supposed to do you, you know some people throw some over their left shoulder something like that so it's believed to have originated uh with the overturned salt cellar in front of judas iscariot at the last supper whoa um wow yeah According to an old Norwegian superstition, a person will shed as many tears as will be necessary to dissolve the salt spilled. So in other words, you spill a bunch of salt, you know, that's, I mean, just imagine how many tears Mm. it would take to, you know, kind of equal that amount of sodium chloride, which is table salt. There's a little science lesson for you. In mm-hmm. old English Sodium belief, an <laughs> old English belief has it that every grain of salt spilled represents again future tears. The Germans mm. believe that whoever spills salt arouses, um, I guess, old like demons and and the devil and a peace disturber, basically. Which is mm. boy, that's taking it to the next level, you know. It really is. The French throw a little spilled salt behind them in order to hit the devil in the eye which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the U.S., some people not only toss a pinch of salt over the left shoulder, but th- I found this to be interesting. I don't take it to this level, but they also crawl under the table and come out the opposite side. What? Have you ever seen anybody do I've never <laughs> seen anybody do that. Imagine never... being on like a first date. And so like I would actually, well, first, imagine just being on a first date and you know, salt gets knocked over. You're like 16 or 17 or something. And somebody's just like, whoop. And they just like crawl under the table and end up on the other side. You're like, I, what's, <laughs> what's happening? No, but for me, like I would, I was kind of like, in, I mean, I'm not joking. Like literally last night, my son knocks over the salt. I'm like, yep, throw a little pinch behind me. I still Did, do that. It's it. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sure whatever you had to say was more important. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead? I, th- I thought you were done. Um, no, no, no. You but I wasn't done. Go ahead. Go ahead, pal. What I was just going to say um, well, maybe I was done. <laughs> Turns out I was done. Um, no, I immediately think of uh, that scene in Dumb and Dumber, you know, when he throws the entire Oh, yeah, the whole salt, salt shaker. shaker behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> now, did you find, the? I guess, the oldest sort of account of that? Like, I wonder where that... Yeah, I mean, I tried to. And I mean, really, like, the, you know, the one about the overturned salt cellar in front of Judas uh, was basically the oldest I could find. Yeah, I mean, you got anything BC, bro? I mean, there is a lot of sort of salt references in mm-hmm. the Bible, like um, you know, and um, just old ancient. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, any old ancient like text and story and stuff. The salt was, re- you know, I mean, I, I joke with my kids about this sometimes when we're talking about like cinnamon. It's like, hey, man, I mean, wars were fought. Oh, yeah, because of seasoning you over know? tea or yeah. tea. But, you yeah. know, it's like imagine that when they discovered man, you add this to your food and it's like a party in your mouth, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, Frank Herbert wrote an entire novel about it. And what old Frank say? <laughs> well, he wrote the book <laughs> Dune, which is yeah, true. about that salt. 
Um, <laughs> um, spice, but go ahead. Um, what's the spice? Mm-hmm. I, I just gave myself away. I've actually never finished that book. Yeah, no, but it makes it hilarious that you said about that song. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really interesting. I'll, I'll, that's a good one. The, the next one I have is, uh, and again, the, you know, you said that the earliest sort of account that, that, you know, from your last one with the Saul mm-hmm. originated from biblical, biblical accounts. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I really thought was interesting too is, you know, we grew up in the Bible Belt. Well, I did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but, you know, grew up in the Bible Belt, you know, small, these small town, you know, tiny little churches when I was growing up. And, you know, the idea that, you know, rituals or magic or anything like that just was just such a, such a contrast. labeled demonic, right? Yeah, it was, it was just not, um, it just did not go along the lines of, of, you know, Christianity or church. And so I find it really interesting that almost every single one of these have some kind of link, you know, back to not necessarily the Bible, but, you know, it, it definitely plays a role in all of these. So the next one that I have is 666. This originates from the book of Revelation from the Bible, and it is known as the number of the beast. It's interpreted as the mark of Satan, and it's a prophecy of the end times. And again, growing up in a small church as a kid, I mean, this was just constant. It was like, oh, you know, they're coming out with credit cards, mark of the beast. Uh, they're coming <laughs> out with... Presley. Yeah, cell phones, mark of the beast. I mean, don't get me started because we're not necessarily a conspiracy podcast, but mm-hmm. there is some stuff with this new Bill Gates vaccine. Just do your research. Good That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I do think there is something to 666, just growing up in a certain way. You know, I definitely think there's something to it. But there's a an anthropologist named Philip Stevens um, from the University of New York at Buffalo that he's kind of arrived at the belief that in Revelation it was written with the intent of being read by persecuted Christians because that was there was a lot of that going on in that time. And so there was a lot of things that were written that were, you know, specifically written for code. And the three sixes written in a row is similar to the numeric equivalent of the Hebrew letters for the first century Roman Empire Emperor Nero. Hmm. So that's really pretty interesting. It is interesting, especially, I mean, Nero, I mean, I'll have to brush up on some Roman history, but Nero was kind of an evil son of a gun. Oh, yeah, big time. It's actually kind of a good transition into mine. I didn't know that this one had its origins kind of in, in a similar way to ancient Rome. So the next one is... We've all heard too, especially as we're getting, this is November, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. making a wish with a wishbone. Yep. I had no idea about this. Ancient Romans believed that chicken bones held the power of good fortune. And when two people pulled apart a wishbone, the person left with the larger piece got the good luck or a wish granted. But it goes back even further than that. So, Well, real quick, is, is there a negative to the person that got the... I think that the other person just, just doesn't... Um, died. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that they, uh, you know, later on it, it kind of gets a little bit cloudy and murky there in terms of the belief because later on it kind of says, you know, the fact that it was a wishbone, you know, means that both people get the good luck. Some oh, people believe that like the person with the larger one is the one that gets to make the wish, you know, mm. and the other one just doesn't get to make a wish. It's not bad luck. But. I think that's kind of how I've always sort of yeah, yeah, me too. heard it. Yeah. So there are these people called the Etruscans. Mm-hmm. Or Etruscans, uh, and they were an Italian civilization uh, contemporary to the Romans that would and were eventually absorbed by the Roman Empire. But they're really thought to be the ones that sort of started this tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believed in something called, oh, there's no way I'm going to pronounce that correctly the first time. <laughs> uh, Give it to oh, me, champ. Electriomancy. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but essentially it's rooster divination, Mm -hmm. uh, a form of prophecy which involved using the movements of a rooster to determine future events. Now, Mm. let me just, I'm going to break in real quick here. I have chickens. I don't have any roosters because Mm -hmm. I don't want my neighbors, you know, getting mad at me. They're so annoying. They're annoying and they're mean. And, you know, I wanted chickens, you know, hens are super sweet. And we, you know, we get free range eggs from them and and they're nice with our kids and all that. Mm -hmm. But there's no way in God's green earth 
that I <laughs> would base any thought to their behavior because it's yeah. it's not random, but it really is just kind of like I have no idea what they're doing. So anyway, mm-hmm. they would base this, you know, this prophecy or whatever from the the roosters movements, and this is kind of how it went. You uh, using their alphabet, they would draw the alphabet on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, and then bits of food would be scattered in each letter's sort of vector. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not too unlike, you know, the scene in Stranger Things when Will's mom has the letters and the lights on the wall. Really cool scene. But it's basically kind of like a Ouija board. Yeah, that kind of concept, exactly. Except for mm-hmm. you using a freaking wild rooster to, you know, right. tell your fortune. Um, and so basically they put the rooster down. They would take note of the bird's movements and mm-hmm. the letters and kind of use those notes to figure out quandaries of the day or figure out what was ahead for society. I mean, no joke, it really is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, are we going to get more grain this year? Roll Mm -hmm. the dice. Instead, they've got a rooster pecking the answer out. So when the chicken oracle would die, the the wishbone would be dried out and preserved as it was viewed as being the center of the bird's, like, predictive prowess. Oh, okay. The reason why this bone in particular was chosen over, like, you know, Thicker bones as like marrow and all that stuff, mm-hmm. relatively unclear. No, you know, no scholars really know the mm. definitive answer there. Um, but again, a lot like kind of like all of these conquering empires would do, as they mm. would come in, they would sort of absorb some of the well, a smart empire anyway would come in, absorb some of the belief systems and cultures of whoever they're conquering. And and then those traditions would kind of like sl- sort of live on in a way, right? Right. right. Um, Which is, uh, you know, a lot of how a lot of the Christian traditions were taken from uh, sort of pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like the holiday traditions. The holidays, yeah, like yeah. Christmas and the day it being. Yeah, and I mean, not to get too far into history, but I mean, I don't know how much you know about the Emperor Constantine and stuff, but I know everything. Some people say that like even his adoption of the the cross on his soldiers' shields was a pretty brilliant attempt, but uh, an attempt to kind of win over the the folks in the area mm-hmm. who were who were Christian. Anyways, and that's right. actually a really cool legend. Well yeah, just I, I think that just that concept in general is is super interesting. You know, like you said, you would have these invaders, they come in, they pretty much take an entire encampment or village or town or city hostage kind of and then they kind of uh you know integrate into one big society and then so you have this you know this entire faction of people who you know believe in this well well let's you know these people are pagans and we don't like them so let's take that day that they worship uh you know, you know, Samhain or Saturnalia during the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's take all those days and then just, you Implant. know, kind of blend the yeah. two. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's kind of happy. It's just a sort of compromise yeah. sort of deal. Well, and even too, I mean, you got to think there's probably some Roman that met some beautiful pagan girl and vice mm-hmm. versa. And, you know, they uh, start having kids and, you know, some of those beliefs. It's just like the melting and the blending of cultures and stuff is mm-hmm. pretty cool. But essentially, you know, once the the Romans kind of adopted the tradition, essentially that's when it came, uh, that's when it kind of turned into them sort of breaking it and figuring out who had the larger piece and they would be the ones that ended up having their wishes granted. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of those sort of in the world of like the esoteric or the occult, there's a lot of those sort of divination practices. Like uh, I think it originates from like Asian cultures, but like... Um, divining through like tea leaves um, or throwing bones or throwing dice or um, it's kind of you know leaving it up to quote unquote chance but you know looking into it a little a little deeper Mm. I think that's cool Mm -hmm. Uh, my next one is actually you know the next two are pretty short so I'm just going to go into the next two is knock on wood now you know it's funny it kind of went from where people would knock on wood it originated as kind of a way of warning or dispelling bad luck after tempting fate. You know, and now it's kind of become like a ver- almost like a verbal talisman in the sense of, 
you know, you hear people say, oh, knock on wood, but a lot of people don't even actually do it anymore. They just say it, you know, which is Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting change of that sort of, you know, that concept. The idea behind it was that they would knock on wood because they believe that within wood or in, you know, representative of nature, there were good spirits. You know, and I I think that can, when I read that, I think that can kind of lean into the fae and the fairy, you know, the wood people, you know, that kind of whole deal. But then also, which probably was later adopted, knocking on wood, which, uh, you know, the Christian cross was originally wood. And then that kind of leads into the next one, which is, you know, cross your fingers. This one also dates back to early Christianity. Basically, when you had someone who was praying or somebody was in need of something, you know, and a friend was kind of offering their uh, support you know, they would walk over and put their index finger to cross your index finger. So it was less about you actually crossing your own fingers. That was kind of, you know, distilled later on, I think. But originally it was it was between two people. I never knew this, but, you know, the symbolism of two fingers crossing was because it was the shape of the cross. Hmm. So I, I thought that was really interesting. That is cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely one of the folks that, like, knocks on wood. You know, you've seen, yeah. like, the old, like... Uh, older sort of uh you know jewish ladies like spitting three times or whatever you know and greek Greek folks do this too oh you've never heard of that like no and does it actually believe it or not um but yeah like you say something and you're like you like i don't know if it's like some sort of you're warding off evil spirits Mm. or bad luck or whatever but weird uh, i've never i still knock on wood and i don't really i guess you know if if you know when I'm watching the Braves or something, I guess I'm crossing my fingers every now and then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the last one for me, I also found to be interesting because again, it's something that I just don't do because for some reason, when you were, whenever you're a kid, you know, somebody told you, hey, 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 don't do that. It's bad luck, you know, and mm-hmm. you believe it, you know, you right. believe it to really be bad luck. This is like something that would really change your life for the worse if you did this. Mm-hmm. And that is opening an umbrella indoors. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I found this interesting. So there are some historians that kind of tentatively trace this belief back to ancient Egyptian times, the superstitions surrounding the Pharaoh's sunshades, um, but they were actually a little bit different apparently and mm-hmm. unrelated to, you know, obviously the modern day umbrella. But uh, most historians kind of think that the warning against opening them inside originated a lot more recently in Victorian England. There's this book called Extraordinary Origins of Everyday Things, which we're going to have to get a copy yeah, of. Yeah, that. that sounds great. Um, and the scientist and author is a guy named Charles Panetti. And he mm-hmm. wrote that in 18th century London, when metal-spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become a common rainy day sight, their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them uh, hazardous, basically, to open indoors. A rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly in a small room could seriously injure an adult mm. or a child or even shatter, you know, something fragile and could provoke, you know, an un- unpleasant words or, uh, you know, a minor kind of fight amongst themselves or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's kind of where a lot of folks kind of lean towards that it. it's a lot more kind of recent um, and that there's nothing really attributed to it. And, you know, I, I kind of Weird. found that to be a little bit interesting too that. In all of these so far, besides I think the last one that you're going to go over, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I can't wait to hear about it. But with all of the ones that we've talked about, there's not like a single like event, right? Right. And we're not talking, you know, it's it's not like oh, on this um, because of this, this happened, and so from now on, everyone, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I found that to kind of be interesting. Yeah. It's it's a, it's all that oral tradition you know it's like a, a big epic game of of telephone yeah um, and think about how long it's lasted and, and i know and lived i know you know and so even some of that kind of makes you wonder like oh gosh well i definitely don't want to pick up a penny if it's tails up you know and, and i mean i don't know uh some people might think all this stuff is kind of silly but you know i mean just imagine this being around you know in the last I mean, just thousands and thousands of years. It survived all this time as yeah. a tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder if, you know, you think of uh, like the penny on heads when, you know, you wonder if, is this even older? Was this was this around with coins from like the Shogunate Empire? Or, 
ancient Rome or is the whole penny thing, is that just sort of a, a confluence or a, or a more modernized version of that? And is it even older, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Okay, so for my last one, let me ask you a question. Okay. What do you think this means? Frigatriscadecophobia. And boy, I'm messing that up, I know. Frigatrice. Uh, I don't know, man. Some. Uh, I, wait, hold on. It's a fear. Here we go. Yes. Here of we something. Go. It is a <laughs> fear know. of the day, Friday the 13th. Mm. Actually, the the... The odd thing about this is there really wasn't sort of hard evidence on it, on this one that I was I was really expecting. Yeah, you know, all I've, these, right? Yeah, I've always had kind of a soft spot for Friday the Thirteenth, and I just knew like, oh, well, this has to be, you know, is this when the I don't know some catastrophe you know happened in history? But basically, they they believe that it dates back to the late eighteen hundreds. Friday has long been an unlucky day. Again, linking back to early Christianity, Jesus apparently supposedly died on a Friday. And there were several other things that happened also biblically that fell on Fridays. Now, I don't know how solid all that is, but, you know, there it is. And then the number 13 has just been a long-time unlucky number. One thing I did find that was interesting is as of 2018, 17 million people uh, had a phobia for Friday the 13th. Hmm. Which is really interesting. I always thought, like you said, like I always thought, and that's kind of what I was alluding to a minute ago. Like I thought, well, maybe this is when Sunday Bloody Sunday happened. Right, exactly. Because, you know, like when we were kids, do you remember this where like you just don't wear red on Friday the 13th? Mm. Did you ever have that? No, I've never heard of that. Oh, man, dude. No. Maybe it was just some kid messing with me. But I remember one time I wore like a red shirt or something and they're like, dude, don't you know what day it is? I'm like, yeah, man, it's Friday. (laughs) It's Friday, man. What do you mean? And they're like, dude, it's Friday the 13th. You don't wear red on Friday. I'm like, oh, my God. So like the rest of the day, I'm just like scrambling to figure something out. And shirtless I mean, the I'm whole day. Just shirtless, man. Just chub, chubby kid just walking around <laughs> class. So, you know, I kind of looked into it a little bit. You know, I mean, it's funny. Like I said at the at the top of the show, so many people will think, 13 is actually a lucky number for them. I mean, for like Italians, for example, mm-hmm. 13 is a lucky number. 17 is an unlucky number. Ooh, weird. So in short, no. I didn't find anything that was definitive enough for me to kind of say, oh, okay, cool. I mean, there was something about somebody re- like the King of France or something arresting Knights of Templar or something. But to me, that's like, that's not a yeah. It feels a like good reason. Again, it just seems like a... I but, thought there's going to be some weird catastrophe. I mean, wh- whatever day... Freaking COVID came right, around, exactly. You know, then well, okay, let's make that a national freaking bad luck day. Well, even even the um, you know the the number thirteen. I mean, I, I you know in researching this, I kind of found a lot of um, a lot of people giving examples of things that they would do to you know some hotels and motels. Um, you know, early, early, early ones would they would skip the floor thirteen, or they would. Um, you know, the elevator would, would, wouldn't be able to stop on the 13th yeah. floor. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I couldn't really find anything. So if any of you listeners out there, um, if you guys know anything, uh, you know, beyond the reach of Uncle Google, uh, <laughs> let us know because, um, yeah, I was a little disappointed in this one. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just to kind of talk a little bit about my own sort of superstitious mm-hmm. um, history, my, my little stitious history. Yeah. You know, little things like I would kind of create things in my mind that would make certain things lucky. So my favorite number was four. So that was always quote unquote my lucky number, mm-hmm. right? But you know, Which, sometimes- go ahead and t- go ahead and tell about the band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. That? Oh, man, gosh, dude. I didn't even think about that in terms of like like good luck sort of rituals and stuff. I mean, if you really think about it, there's a lot of things we did as a band that mm-hmm. kind of well, I say as a band that we probably forced on the other band members definitely but like one of the things that we would do every single night before we would go on stage is mark with a magic or a uh, sharpie mm-hmm. on like our left wrist yep. under you know back of the wrist each of us would in different patterns like mark i would mark four dots onto mm-hmm. their their hand or their wrists yep and each of us had like our own little like pattern you mm-hmm. know for me mine, mine was like uh 
horizontally all across. Yeah, and for me, like I would actually write my my version of the I number think so. four. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we did every single night in our yep. tour van. We had a uh, necklace with a couple of different saints, but one of them was like Saint Christopher, mm-hmm. and then um, Mother Mary was up there. Mother Mary, and then of course, like I wear. Well, I had uh, a. A Mary and a Saint Jude around mm-hmm. my neck that I wore every day, and I, and also a, uh, a four leaf clover that's I don't know, man. It's in some sort of oh, I know that epoxy or whatever. Didn't I give that to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? And you know what's weird, man? So here's another crazy thing about l- luck and stuff. We didn't even go into four leaf clovers and all that stuff. Oh, Maybe yeah. we will closer to Saint Patrick's Day in April. Mm-hmm. But you know, I had this thing, I, and this is no joke. I used to be able to do it all the time, where I'd be, you know, sitting in a field or something, you know, like, especially here in Georgia, clover, essentially it's just a weed. So it'll mm-hmm. just kind of grow in, in a field of grass or whatever. And I'd be sitting there and somebody would be like, man, I bet you could, you couldn't find a four leaf clover. And I wouldn't, I would still be looking at him. Dude, this is not an over-exaggeration. I would look at him and be like, oh yeah, I would reach down, pluck, and I would bring it back up, four leaf clover. Dude, I had the, I have that exact same ability, but check this out. That it's kind of disappeared. I haven't been able to do that in a long time, hmm. but I think it got. Now this is now we're starting to get into some people. We might be losing folks here. <laughs> uh, if you leave now, thanks for listening. If you're still with us, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, be seated. Uh, but I think the ability got passed on to my son because, like this summer, we we were just like you know going on a family walk or something, and, and mm-hmm. like oh, there's like a patch of clover or something. And I explained to him that, you know, I used to be able to just reach down and pick out a four-leaf clover and no problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I bet I can do it. He walks over there, man, and I'm not joking. Boop, first one, bam, oh, four-leaf man. clover. He also found like a five-leaf clover. Yep. You know, so it's it's just wild. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I started thinking, you know, in doing the research, it, it's the same as like folktales and even myth and even with cryptids, you know, I, I like the idea that it could kind of fall into two categories. Categories. So, you know, did something happen thousands of years ago, and this one guy believed that? Okay, well, I did this, 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 and it came with, you know, it was basically a ritual, and it created mm. these results. And so he told a friend, and they told a friend, and then it became just a part of this giant, you know, long lineage of of oral tradition. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Uh, something called an egregore or a thought form or um, some people call call it a tulpa. And we'll, we'll do a whole episode of, of tulpas because it's, it's pretty fascinating. But it's the idea basically that so many people and so much belief into one thing actually kind of starts giving it power, making it basically true, really. Yeah, bringing um, it into existence. Right, exactly. Kind of like that old like speaking, I mean, you know, it, dude, it's so crazy that you, you say that kind of stuff. I've never thought of that. But, I mean, think about it even in terms of, like, you know, there's a lot of business gurus and stuff that are, like, you know, the words that you say out yeah. loud. I mm-hmm. mean, it's and it's, psycho- it's psychologically proven that there's a lot of power in, in words, even yep. in just, like, positive self-talk and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the things that you say out loud. So it's, like, it kind of brings it all back around to, like, man, is there some truth to some of these old traditions yeah. and I mean, almost rituals really. Yeah. Especially in terms of like doing the anti bad luck thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of canceling it out. Maybe there's just some truth to this stuff, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, the idea, the thing that I think is even cooler is that maybe it originated as just a silly joke, but then again, it became its own mm. egregore or, you know, tulpa it's almost. Kind of- and it this kind of reminds thing. me of uh, American Gods. It, right, ex- that's a, right. That's exactly right, yeah. Now, I never saw the show. Oh, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, man, I feel like I tried to watch it, and I was like, mm, no, man. Because it's just it, compared to the book, man. I mean, Well, the book is fantastic, but the, I, I'll give it to them. They, they did a killer really? job on the show. It's great, yeah. Um, but it's on but the yeah. Showtime or something, right? No, it's on Stars. which... Oh, okay, cool. Every, I've got that show that we tried to watch yesterday is on stars even what you're saying is um is even biblical you know the power of life and death is in your tongue mm. and um so, yeah, so be so careful maybe, whenever you when with your sharp tongue folks be yep. careful whenever you're spitting all that hate towards each other man. that's right we got a lot of power 
Mm-hmm. Let's use it for good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get into um, it's you know three thirty-seven. I was supposed to cut it off at well, three. What are you getting into? Well, I've just got a few. Um, I got a couple that I found that were international um, that I wanted to run by you. And then I had a few that I grew up as a kid experiencing. And I just wanted to throw them out to see if you, you know, okay. recognized any of them. So it. I uh, ran across this one, which comes from, originates from Mexico, which is really interesting. Again, it goes back to the mirror thing. It says, do not face two mirrors like towards each other or it'll open a doorway to the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've never heard of that, but that sounds terrifying. Yeah, that sounds real terrifying. God, I used um, to do that when I was a kid, though. You know, like that weird like mirror Oh, effect yeah, the inf- infinity I mirror thing. I have opened plenty of doors for the devil. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Um, if you cheer, this is from Germany. If you cheers, mm-hmm. you know, clink the glass. Mm-hmm. If you cheers with water, you're actually cursing death on the other person. Man, I love is. it. And I'll tell you, that just means, hey, get you a pint of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some frothy brewski. And mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I'm just doing what the Germans think, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. It. This is one from Turkey, which I feel like I've heard a variation of this, but if your right hand itches, it means money is coming to you. And if your left hand itches, it means that you're losing money, mm. which is pretty interesting. Um, that is interesting. My so right these hand are, was literally itching just a few minutes ago, not joking. So these are some of the ones that I, I heard as a kid, which in going, you know, it's funny, we had, we, once we decided that we were going to do this episode, it was like the more I thought about it, they just kept popping into my head like, oh, yeah, we had this thing. And there's a lot of really bizarre ones. But do you have you ever heard if you stare into like, you know, you're sitting around a campfire and if you stare into the fire too long, you'll pee in the bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I my whole family. <laughs> would say that, and I don't know where it comes from. Well, apparently you wet the bed quite often, and they had to make up something so you wouldn't. Maybe, maybe that was it. Uh, I don't remember wetting hilarious. the bed often, but maybe that was it. If any of you out there uh, recognize any of these, also uh, <laughs> shoot us a uh, yes, it's amazing. If it's raining while it's sunny, it means the devil is beating his wife. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard and of that. You one. should be cautious of bad luck coming your way. Red skies at morning, sailors fair warning. Red skies at night, mm-hmm. sailors delight. Now I remember. Actually, I, I think I looked those up, and it, and it is there is some sort of like scientific weather. There is yeah. pattern, mm-hmm. something that kind of makes those things true. Which yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I remember my mom every morning that she would take me to school. She would uh, she would always say that because you know depending on whatever the uh, the cl- the sky was doing. You and I are both big fans. Uh, we have songs and. Mm-hmm albums uh based on blackberry winters and indian mm-hmm. summers owls are harbingers of dread or bad luck kind of almost feels like a cautionary tale but um if you leave the house with your hair wet you'll catch pneumonia mm-hmm. i think that's a really common like southern you know yeah, grand, like your you know my grandmother or yeah. like moms would say right. you know like i think my mom still says that about like you know jane or whatever like mm-hmm. you gotta make you know don't let them get outside with their hair wet. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's funny though because I started thinking, and you know, the idea that uh, of these some of these things, you know, originating as being cautionary tales, was this created because typically you had a long work day, so you would take your shower or your bath at night. So obviously, if, if your hair was wet, that would mean that you were going outside at dark. You know, back in the old days, I mean, you know, it was more dangerous at dark. There were mm-hmm. there were animals out there that could eat you. So was that almost a you know, kind of like a cautionary tale for kids, you know, don't go out after dark kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just makes Or maybe sense a cautionary, I mean, is, I'm hoping that this doesn't sound like, uh, well, you know, maybe it was some sort of cautionary tales to young girls too. And it's like, you know, don't go out because, you know, especially back then when there were no like hair dryers and stuff mm-hmm. uh, to just, you know, stay in instead of going out late at night. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. it took so long for their hair to dry kind of thing. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Hold your breath while crossing a bridge. Did you ever do that? Mm. Well, no, you know, I've heard of that one. Yeah. 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 I also knew a girl that was like terrified of bridges. And so every single time that she drove over one, she would roll the windows down. I knew a girl that would do the same thing. Yeah, man. Her thought being that like if Mm. for some reason the bridge failed and the car dropped into the water, Mm -hmm. then at least she could escape through the window um, rather than trying to break the window open, you know. She yeah. physics. I mean, it makes you know, sense. Well. Yeah. Last few, uh, you know, when you sneeze, you say God bless you because mm-hmm. I guess the concept is like when you sneeze, your soul temporarily 
comes out of your body or something. Yeah, you know, I researched that one like a long time ago. What what is? I mean, I've heard I've heard all kinds of stuff, man. And like I've heard that you know your heart momentarily stops, like it it Mm kind of like causes your heartbeat to like stop or whatever. And so like people say, God bless you, so that it'll start back up again. Mm. I haven't researched into the you know the validity of of that. I validity. Validity. The validity of that. <laughs> but anyway, like I don't I don't know, man. I didn't I didn't take the time to look that up, essentially, is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, but yeah, me too. Yeah, pick up a penny on heads and then Boy, whatever you do. What? Don't repeat one that we've already said. Yeah, no, I know. I, that that was just on the list. <laughs> and then don't step on the cracks or you'll break your mother's back, which is mm-hmm. um I don't I don't know. That may fall more into just kids uh, being kids. Obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think that's at, at the end of the day, kind of what all this bread. I mean, you know, it um, is. they're like little things that we do during our daily lives mm-hmm. that we do because of some old ritual that, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it almost, you know, if you really break it down, your everyday behavior even, you know, all of it is little mini rituals yep it's exactly you know, even right. if it's just like the way that i put my toothbrush away yep it's like i don't even know if i want to say it's more like habits and stuff but still there are reasons behind all of it you know mm-hmm. so anyways it's pretty interesting and then we kind of like pass that along to our kids right you know like mm-hmm. i tell my kids to put their toothbrush a certain way i'm like no if you do that then blah blah blah. and so it's just it's just super interesting and this topic is super interesting you know and, and mm-hmm. for us like i think I don't remember if I said this because I think we got kind of sidetracked, but I would sort of create reasons why 13 was good, was, wasn't like unlucky for me. And so Mm. the way that I would do that, whether that's if I had to pull into a gas station and pump 13 was the only one open, or if I ended up not being able to be number four in whatever sport I was trying to play, uh, and I had, you know, they handed me a 13 or, you know, 13th room in a hotel whatever it is i would say well you know one plus three is four so i'm all right oh yeah yeah that's a good you point mm-hmm. so i always kind of like create those kind of things in my mind just to uh just to ease yeah it. well uh do you got anything else no man um i think um you know again if you um if you haven't checked us out on instagram do mm-hmm. so we always kind of go a little bit deeper in terms of posting stuff that we call artifacts about each episode mm-hmm. it's also a really good place to kind of interact with us right now it's also the only place that you can sign up for our uh, what we're going to call the that would be rad dispatch which is essentially yeah. our newsletter <clears throat> our newsletter dedicated to kind of bringing any of the upcoming news and announcements including merchandise or uh, anything sort of exclusive like that, uh, that's going to be the first place in the dispatch is where we're going to release that information uh, because, you know, that is in the in the horizon. Yeah. A fresh new uh, website and merchandise. And and we've had, we've had a lot of you, you guys um, and gals ask about T-shirts and mm-hmm. stickers and buttons and stuff. And um, it's all coming. of those, yeah, they're all coming. And um, again, like we say every week, you know, we really appreciate every single person for listening. And obviously it would mean the world to us if you told your friends uh, to give us a listen, see what they think. Yeah, please do. Also leave five-star reviews on iTunes and uh, pass it along. We thank you. We love you. And until next time, be rad. That's the way